Hello and welcome to Crashing the Pearly Gates podcast. I am Jessica DeLine here with Rahul Seti. Hello and welcome. And Jeffrey Tan. Hey all, it's a pleasure. And we are going to get this show started. Thank you for joining us for our first podcast. It's not our first podcast together, of course, but our first podcast for our amazing new site, CrashingThePearlyGates.com. So today we are going to talk about the coronavirus effect on baseball, what the current state of things is, as well as the deal that MLB and the MLB Players Association came up with uh, and what we think about that. So the coronavirus effect on baseball. There is no baseball. No. (laughs) Yeah, opening day was supposed to be uh, a couple days ago and... Everyone was posting on Twitter with the hashtag opening day at home. And it was very sad because for the first time it finally, well, obviously it's hit home before, but the first time I was thinking there could have been actual real baseball today, I would have sat down on my couch, watched it probably in class because I probably would have had class um, for our early game. And it just wasn't there. And instead on Fox Sports, they were showing a replay of a game that happened in 2019. And that thought was very sobering that, you know, this this isn't happening right now. Baseball isn't happening and it could this could last for a lot longer. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think sobering is a very apt word to use and I feel very disappointed that there's no baseball. Um, but it is the right thing to do given the severity of, of what's happening in the world and how quickly it's happening. Um, but it's just unfortunate because, you know, baseball is one of those sports where you go, you know, almost six months with no baseball. And then you have a lot of games in a very tight period. And now it could potentially be a whole year without any baseball. More than a year. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say I, that hope I hope not. I hope it doesn't go but, that long. Uh, yeah, and part of, part of me was hoping that Maybe they would play by May with no fans. Um, it doesn't sound like May is super likely at this point. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's the whole opening day at home on Twitter was, was almost more sad than it was uplifting. It's like It was just a reminder that um, of everything that was going on, that there's no baseball, that, you know, this virus is running all over the place. It was uh, good intentions, I think. But, yeah. Yeah, just to put in perspective a little bit more about the lack of sports in our life. When I was younger, I always thought that at some point, at any specific moment, there would either be baseball or hockey, and I could follow the Angels or the Ducks because I'm also a Ducks fan. And it's I think it's a similar timeline with the NBA, too. You could either have baseball on in the summer, and then in the winter, there would be basketball. And for the first time in for the first time since I've had that thought, which has been probably five years or so, there is no team for me to follow at the moment. And that was always something that I could distract myself with. Even if the team was struggling, I would follow where we're we going to land in the draft, what pick are we going to get because of the standings. And right now, because there are no sports, it's it's there's nothing for me to take my mind off of regular day work regular day life, um, anything that my, my source of comfort has been lost in a sense. 
in fact, it's it's been the opposite, right? Because your source of comfort has almost been replaced by daily coronavirus updates. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've probably yeah. watched watched the news more it's... in the past two weeks than I did in the year before that. Maybe I'm a little bit is exaggerated, but not too much. Yeah, I read, I read something a couple days ago that the longest um, that had ever gone that the world had ever been without the NBA, MLB. NFL or um, NHL um, was 13 days long until now. Days. Wow! And wow! <laughs> and now there's just no major sports at all. So, um, so hopefully, this coronavirus we can we can handle it and peak, peak cases soon and and get back to baseball. Let's hope so. So Jeff Passan of ESPN um, reported on March 27th that the, um, the players and the league both agreed that the season will not begin until there are no bans on mass gatherings that limit the ability to play in front of fans, mm-hmm. um, that there are no travel restrictions, and that medical experts determine that games will not pose a risk to health of teams and fans. So, so I think that, this, yeah. the stipulation on those, the combination of those, um, makes it pretty unlikely that we get any baseball probably through May, I'm thinking. Um, what do you guys think? I, I think that stipulation that they're not going to play in front of, uh, and they're not going to play in empty stadiums, medical experts determine that there's no risk. I I think that puts it out till at least July. This this isn't going away soon. Um, I think I thought uh, it was interesting that they chose to do that. That they would prefer to have live baseball in front of fans as opposed to the empty stadiums, because a few years ago when Baltimore was having those riots, I remember that they had it. They had an empty stadium game, and it was just really eerie. And I feel like at this point resuming baseball like that would just be even weirder than not having baseball. Say there was a baseball game tomorrow and uh, it was in an empty stadium. Like I think is, um, is Japan doing that in their, uh, the, the Japanese league? I think so. Yeah. I think watching those games, even if you would be cheering them, your team on from home, uh, would just not be an exciting thought at all because every single time you don't hear the noise, you hear the crack of the bat, um, and you just don't see fans around the stadium, it would just bring you back to reality rather than providing that escape that it hypothetically would have been. Uh, before before the whole quarantine ha- happened, um, I thought that you know it would be a good idea to play in empty stadiums, but I've since changed my opinion because hmm. of because now the reality has hit a lot of us and. I just feel like baseball and empty stadiums would not help that much. I think oh, it's I would... just concerning because all these players, they would go home to their families and it's not like they're isolated right. from society. So, you know, if potentially someone is asymptomatic and, and how can you tell, um, that is definitely a concern if you have, you know, 40, almost a hundred guys interacting with each other on a daily basis, then, Mm-hmm. I don't know how feasible that is. Um, yep, 
and to, a lot of to travel. play even in, even in empty ballparks. Right. Right, uh, Jessica. I think were you about to disagree with me? That was that was your the tone that was coming out of your. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I still would like to see baseball with empty stadiums. If, if I would, safe, I would like if to it's see safe it. for the yeah. players to travel, but that that's definitely a factor. Yeah, and there there have uh, been some suggestions that maybe you just have the players in an Olympic style village. Uh, they all stay together. Hopefully, no one. Uh, no one oh, is symptomatic that... or test positive. Yeah. Well, you have to make Who sure that Who made that, that they... suggestion? That sounds yeah. terrible. Well, and then, like, <laughs> in, a, in spring training, you play in the Arizona complex, and that way you don't have to travel city by city. But it seems like uh, Major League Baseball decided not to go that route. Wow. Or any of the... Po- I mean, I, that that could that solution could be terrible, you know. that uh, mm-hmm. It could end up making things a lot worse. So, uh, I guess baseball right. decided, you know, we're just going to wait... And so everything clears up until we can have the full fan experience uh, in the stadiums. Yeah. All right. Shall we talk about the um, agreement that MLB and MLBPA came up with? Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, some interesting things in here. One of them is um, they're discussing the potential of an accelerated spring training schedule. I'm not sure how spring training still happens if you can't play till July, but... Summer training? <laughs> do you think you still, do you do something for a week or two? I mean, I think you have to kind of jump right in. I think for pitchers, it's, it's tough. I think for hitters, you can sort of fast track it. But I think for pitchers, just because there's a higher injury risk if they ramp up too quickly, um, that's going to be an interesting to track because this is something that has never happened. And obviously, they, they do want to fit in as game, many games as possible. So I don't know. You know, if the solution is to have more double headers to fit more games in um, and still have a sort of three, four week spring training, I have no idea. Yeah, I've seen some tweets from experts that say you need to have at least three weeks, I think, to to just avoid players dropping like flies from the injuries. Right. And if you consider that and if you consider when baseball could actually start, even if they are willing to play. Uh, until Thanksgiving, as of now, as I've seen from a couple sources, it's the time is just so condensed that it would be hard to see. Yeah. To see a solution here. Obviously, one suggestion has been the the doubleheaders with seven inning games. At least one team proposed that. I think. What do you guys think of, of seven inning games? I'm not opposed to that for the first couple weeks, maybe. Oh, you would support doubleheaders of seven inning games? Yeah, yeah. For for the beginning, just to, just the first few weeks till everybody's kind of getting their groove. I don't hate it. Wow, I am shocked that both of you said that because <laughs> I absolutely I I absolutely hate that idea. Um, I'm I'm a big stats guy. I love looking at stats, and I just think oh, yeah. that if you made the games seven innings, it would just cause so many ripple effects uh, for the style. And I know that the season has changed length before and different usages prevent you from directly comparing stats from era to era. But I just feel like going to seven inning games would make the stats feel unreal to me. I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest barrier for me for that idea. 
Yeah, I but think, the season stats are going to be terrible if you don't get enough games in. I think I would rather just have more games. You as opposed to having having one nine-inning game, I'd rather have two seven-inning games. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I see the so, perspective. I just, I would rather have one nine-inning game than two seven-inning huh. games. That's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of stats, then here, here's one that's going to, you know, we love watching Mike Trout and his war totals and, you know, through his age 26, 27 season, he's, you know, one of the top all-time war. Uh, what's going to happen through his age 28 season now if he only plays half a season? This is an outrage. I hate <laughs> <this>. <laughs> He's going to drop this. off that leaderboard because of coronavirus. Yeah, you know if the season is canceled. Ted Williams in his prime missed three seasons uh, for World War II and then another season and a half, I think, for the Korean War. And hopefully Mike Trout will miss four and a half seasons for any reason. But Let's hope not. Uh, yeah, it's just you can't help but feel the distinction. You're losing one of the greatest players in the history of baseball. Even if we do come back with some sort of season, seven inning games or whatever, and if we're able to play over 100 games, it's just that that performance time, that seeing Mike Trout on TV at the ballpark, that time is lost. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, the just other... sucks. Yeah, it does suck. All Go right. ahead. What are, what are some other items in this agreement we need to talk about here? Uh, Major League Baseball will provide the players with $170 million in salary for April and May. Um, it, it looks like no games will be played during this time, as we discussed. Um, that and they'll, one, yeah, right. they'll, they'll and get that, that money. <laughs> <laughs> and that amount represents 4% of the cumulative payrolls. Um so one hundred seventy million out of four point two seven billion, with a B. Um, so, pretty big difference there. The guaranteed contracts um, will receive one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and players with split contracts uh, between the minors and majors will receive sixty thousand, thirty thousand, or fifteen thousand, and that money will be kept by the players. Um, if the season is not played. And if it is, then salaries will be prorated based on how much baseball is played. Yeah, okay. so it sounds like the players wanted to guarantee that they would have some sort of income right. coming towards them in the case that the season is canceled, in which case it's possible that no one would make any money. Yeah, right. and... You know, I certainly don't blame them. I get that agreement. People like Mike Trout may not have the issue, but people who are making league minimum and all of a sudden lose a paycheck, it's it's going to impact them. Yeah, especially since this could be their one one year in the majors. Um, you know, you think about the major league minimum. It is a pretty good sized salary, but it's not like players who are making the minimum. A lot of them, they might only have one chance to make that. Uh, what is it? Five hundred and fifty thousand. Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, and if, if that's the end of their career, they have to make that last. Uh, so it's exactly. definitely good for yeah. them to guarantee some sort of money. Yeah. Uh, but in return, they did have to give up probably a lot of concessions. I, I, I did think it was a lot what they gave up to the owners in return. Yeah. 
So one of those concessions is that the MLB draft will be five rounds. Um, I believe that's just for 2020. Could be five rounds. Beyond. It could. They could make it longer, but it could be as short as five rounds, yeah. I feel like five rounds is way too short. I think they're going to find some mm-hmm. minimum, some number between five and the current number. Maybe ten. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's something interesting with the draft as well that I read. I don't know if anybody has the stats up on this, but you're not allowed, you know, normally you get a signing bonus. If you're first round, you're making millions of dollars as a signing bonus. Um, but they, they nixed those for this year. Did you guys read that? I did not catch the details on that. Um, I wonder gonna... what is the... They nixed the raises on the signing bonus. Uh, because was it what, just the raises and not? The, I thought it was that they could only get a maximum one hundred thousand dollars signing bonus. We're gonna have to find that now. You guys talk about something else. I'll look it up. Okay, I think. Um, okay, so what I did think was the case was that signing bonuses, like for the first overall pick, they're ass- assigned a slot value and that increases year to year. But I think for the next two years, that value is not increasing. So whatever it was in uh, twenty nineteen. If it was six and a half million or something in yeah. the area of that, that that slot number will not increase. No, in addition, I found it here. It is okay. it is true. They're only they're only going to get one hundred thousand dollars of their bonus money this year. The remaining amount will be split into payments in July twenty twenty one and July twenty twenty two. Wow. Okay, so they still would get the, the the like the first overall pick would still get the six and a half million, but just not right now. No, it sounds, yeah, they get all the money, but not now. So that's that's certainly okay. going to hurt people who are banking on that big payday on, on draft day. Yeah, but, I mean, okay. Yes, they still I, get it. I yes, get that. That's, yeah, yeah. And they will get it, and it, it is yeah. 100000 right now. So It is a right. big loss, though, because, you know, you have to consider the, the time value of getting that money one year later, two years later, especially yeah. to someone as young as, you know, a high school senior or a college senior. Yeah, that's a big deal. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and, so that, and then, that's a big one. Mhm. And then also players who are not drafted in the hypothetical five rounds can only get a maximum of twenty thousand, which means a lot of players will be getting twenty thousand, and they pretty much get to pick where they play, in a sense. Yeah, it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. you know a lot of players will be drafted in later rounds, and they'll be paid above slot. They'll sign for above yeah. slot, and depending on what they get paid, they'll make a decision of, oh, should I go professional or should I go to college um, or should I go pursue a career outside of baseball? Um, and I think by capping that amount at 20000 you know, for example, a guy like, you know, Michael Hermosillo, who signed for 125000 or Jerry L. Rivera drafted in the 11th round, signed for over 100000 you know, guys like those, they would just be in, in college instead and not pursuing baseball. That's a lot of talent that MLB is going to lose out on um, in the next year or two years. For sure. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like MLB is carrying on with their evil plan to eliminate the minors. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we don't know if, if this is something that is going to continue um, after coronavirus is over um, or what. Major League Baseball is trying to do with this. Right. Which is concerning. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it is. It seems for sure, like yeah. yeah, with with all the the Astro stuff that's been taking over the off season, it kind of seems like the Manfred Miners agenda has taken a backseat to all of that. Uh, so we'll only know on the other side of all this what's going to happen with that. Right. Yeah. All right. So Agreed. there's another big one. Big one we need to talk about, and that's the service time. Yep. That is, I think, the most. It could have gone either way. I think this. I think giving players service time is the way that made the most sense uh, for the deal to happen. But also, I wouldn't have been surprised if the agreement was nobody gets service time if the season is canceled. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, it's when you give them service time, um, the owners are losing out big time on that, and the players are winning for sure. If you look at a team like the Dodgers, who have one year of Mookie Betts, he's going to be a free agent, and if they don't play this year, they you know they made that trade for nothing essentially. So just for those who don't know, would one of you mind recapping that service time stipulation? So basically, in the case that a season doesn't, the season, in the case that the season does not happen, uh, the players would receive the amount of service time that they received in 2019. So an individual player, uh, if he was in the minors for half, if he was in the majors for half the season, would get half season of service time, I believe. Uh, and if you, if you played the whole season, you would get the full year of service time. And then yeah. if the season does happen in some abbreviated. Right sense you would get a prorated amount of service time depending on how much of the shortened season you played so players are, are definitely the winners here but i think mm -hmm. the downside is for you know minor league players who had their rights negotiated away um, and then players who were about to debut in 2020 um, but instead will become a free agent one year later as opposed to players who have already debuted, right? Because um, they, so, they don't get they don't get to start the clock, right? So, for example, guys like Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, who potentially would have debuted in twenty twenty, mm -hmm. uh, will now become a free agent one year later instead. So that's huge. Yeah, that you know, really is, yeah. there's there's a difference. Uh, teams are looking at, for example, if you hit free agency at twenty eight versus twenty nine, that affects how many years you're, they're willing to go. That affects the AAV of the contract they're willing to give you. So that, that is something huge, even though there is, there hypothetically would be less baseball mileage that that player has played. It's just completely different looking at a 28-year-old, 29-year-old, 30-year-old. The one-year difference does make a huge impact. Yeah, right. absolutely. And teams, uh, you already mentioned Mookie Betts, Jessica, but there are some angels who... Who are going to become free agents after the 2020 season and uh, who are they uh tommy la stella tommy la stella um, right jason castro uh, julio Teheran, right and andrelton simmons if we're not able to so him. two of those are one-year contracts and you know there's no such thing as a one bad one-year contract <laughs> right i mean <laughs> Until... they hit the market again uh good times <laughs> For them on a one-year contract. Oh, God. Yeah. What that's... if, what if Artie Moreno knew about coronavirus all along, and and that's why he he, he loved didn't want one Jock Peterson. 
Ross Stripling. I, right. Yeah. Were you, <laughs> were you the one that posted that on Twitter, or did somebody else? <laughs> I did not. I saw somebody post that actually about Jock Peterson. I think I saw. I think I saw the picture of Artie with the executive of the year for dixing that deal. <laughs> because wow. now we get Rafael back. Uh, in any case, I think it seems like the Angels will be less affected comparatively by the losses. Uh, they they will obviously have the tough decision of whether or not to re-sign Simba if he doesn't have the bounce back 2020 season because 2020 doesn't exist. They lose Lestella, who was had a breakout 2019 year. 2019 year, it's remains to be seen whether he can sustain that. And Tehran and Castro weren't on the team last year. So really, it's, it's Simmons and Lestella, and the Angels do have a lot of infielders. Yeah. yeah. I think the Angels definitely want to re-sign Simmons, is what it sounds like. Um, and I think hmm. that it works out to the Angels' benefit just because Simmons is coming off a down year. And as a defensive, as a defensive player... Um, you know, defending is a lot tougher when you get older, um, as opposed to hitting, which is not as affected. Um, so I think that works out to the Angels' benefit, and a lot of teams already have shortstops. Yeah. Tommy Lastella, on the other hand, is is more of an interesting case because there's less of a track record for him. Um, but he did show legitimate improvements in 2019 before he got injured. Right. I think, I almost think Lestella might be one of the biggest losers if there isn't baseball played in 2020 because he could have proven this season if his 2019 was a fluke or if it was for real. And he could have parlayed that into a big contract because now he would have two seasons under his track record. But if he were to hit free agency, without playing another baseball game, teams would be wondering how much would we give him, how much of 2019 with the juiced ball can we trust that it was him and not a product of the environment or a fluke. Right, and he's also not particularly young, and he also doesn't have that many at-bats or plate appearances to go off of. So, you know, it's hard to read into how much of that was real and, and how much of that was a product of the inflated environment. Yeah. I just wish Rick was here to talk about the possibility of re-signing Simmons. <laughs> I mean, in Rick in it's Rick's world, right? Either we'd already have signed him for an extension, or we would have traded him, and he wouldn't be on the team. So, <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got pseudo Rick right. world out there. So there's some other issues to cover in the agreement. The arbitration system uh, is going to be adjusted. Um, consider considering the less counting statistics. That's kind of a weird way to phrase, but um, so you can't really base that off their statistical performance. Um, and then the it says the salary secured during the 2021 offseason won't be used in the precedent-based system going forward. So they're implying people may get less this offseason, um, but they won't hold that against them in the future, apparently. So that's good. I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you don't even, like, we don't know if we play baseball until Thanksgiving, for example, do we delay the 2021 season? Um, so it, it, I think it's good that that it doesn't set a precedent because we don't know how future baseball will be played, not even this season, but 
in seasons after that. Right. Yeah, and if baseball's not played this year, this is another interesting part of the agreement, is when determining luxury tax thresholds, they're going to use what the salaries would have been based on a full season, not prorated. However, if there's no season and no taxes owed, then everybody would reset to the lowest competitive balance tax threshold. So that's good for those teams that have gone over in recent years, like, I don't know, the Yankees. Red Sox. Yeah, they, 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 I think they, whole, they wanted to reset anyway, uh, but it's just going to be interesting to see how they deal with deal with these complex issues that probably no one thought of before right. baseball was threatened. You know, mm-hmm. that would be this would be the worst case outcome for the Red Sox, who traded their you know franchise star in Mookie Betts, and they would have been under the luxury tax because of the coronavirus. <laughs> You know? I, I mean, yeah, if they do res- if he is willing to go back to Boston and they are willing to give the money because they did reset, they could end up a big winner, you know? I, there's been a lot of Boston losing in this, this past offseason. Uh, but next thing you know, Tom Brady could be heading back to the Patriots, you know, after this is all said and done. Maybe his contract gets avoided or something. You never know. Yeah, I, I doubt it, though. I think... I think Mookie didn't like the way that Boston negotiated with him, so I don't know how he feels about that. Right, so he's going to become an angel, right? <laughs> never say never. Yeah. I think that's, that's it for the majority of the deal, right? Uh, else it is. I did, I did want to cover one more thing on the draft issue, right. the draft concerns. Um, since all of college and high school baseball is not happening either, it's definitely going to pose some challenges for scouting, right? And, and where people are going to go in the draft this year. I think that'll be interesting to see how they handle that situation. Apparently there's been some talk they could have some sort of combine like NFL does. Um, but yeah, you can't. You have to base everything off of last year's performance, which, which certainly doesn't work for some people. Yeah. The draft yeah. is in the first or second week of June, typically, right? Yeah, which they may delay. Right. Hmm. That's tough, mm-hmm. because then it would have been you know at least three months since a scout saw that player, and how right. old is that data at that point for someone with as minimal a track record as as college and high school players have? Yeah, and even even looking way long term, way into the future, we could be seeing a lot of undrafted players become becoming superstars because the scouting is even more imprecise now. Uh, just yeah, for this specific point. year, this year, possibly next year, because we lost this season uh, for scouts to get more information about players. Um, so 10, 15 years down the line, we could be seeing a lot of undrafted superstars. Yeah, and it's also a big blow for scouts because if there's less players to you know, take a look at, then there's less scouts that are needed, and there's a lot of baseball teams that will be letting go of scouts very soon if not already, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they probably already have to some extent, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I think the ripple effects, we aren't going to see the full extent of what this is doing to baseball and the world in general for a while. And I say a while because I don't know how long it's going to be. It could be a short while, but there could be effects that are that we don't see for 10, 15, 20 years. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you, yeah. even 
you know, within the next one, two years, a lot of people are comparing this virus to, you know, the Spanish influenza of, of the of 1918, 1919. Um, it, it struck in, in spring of 20, sorry, 1918 and subsided over the summer and then came back about mm-hmm. four to five times stronger that fall. Yeah, um, that's definitely a concern. So I guess yeah. we'll have to monitor the virus and, and sort of s- stop the spread, right? <laughs> yeah, and if it comes back strong in the fall and winter, I mean, that that's going to at least delay spring training and possibly affect next year as well. So let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully by that time we can, you know, develop some sort of vaccine or drug that that lets us function normally. Absolutely. All right. Anything else we need to cover? No, I think I think we're good with our agenda. We covered the deal, and we covered the state of baseball, which is in a sorry state. I think Rob Manfred really achieved his goal here. He got shorter games, which is exactly <laughs> what he wanted. <laughs> and a smaller draft and potentially condensing the minor leagues. He's, he's probably... <laughs> Yeah, he's just winning part, at life, isn't he? Part of his he's, grander he's, plan. He's jumping up and down with joy right now. I'm sure. Well, yeah. And and the <laughs> Astros get off unscathed. This is ridiculous. There's, no, a no. Lot, there's a lot to yeah. unpack there. We have to see yeah. what happens with the suspensions if there is no baseball, but that will be for a future episode. Right. Absolutely. And hopefully, it, it without baseball happening, it's hard to say we will be back weekly. But we will do our best to um, provide you this podcast on a regular basis moving forward. Stay healthy, everyone. All right, thanks for joining us. Until next time. Bye. Until next time. Bye. Bye.